where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, only judge a book by its cover. Hello, Kay. Hello, Kaki. We find ourselves once more in the towering stacks of your, of your library where I've now spent my first month camping on the floor. I did take you up on your offer to, uh, to start sleeping in the, uh, uh, the lion head leather chairs. And yes, it is a significant upgrade over the floor. Isn't it lovely how they purr at night? I noticed that. I thought that was just my stomach rumbling. Now, um, I did last time ask whether I could um, burn some of your excess copies of Fahrenheit mm-hmm. 451 for heat because the nights have been getting very, very cold. And you made some compelling arguments that I shouldn't do so. So um, I took some initiative and protecting your, uh, your library, which I understand every copy is there for a reason, um, but also recognizing my need to survive so that we can continue this, uh, uh, this podcast. Mm-hmm. I went in, in, in search of something that I could burn in the fireplace to keep myself alive, but that wouldn't be missed too much. And I settled on uh, the index card. <gasps> no, yeah, but yeah, but don't tell me they had sentimental value. No, but they had practical value. Yes, yes, they were extremely warm and they helped me through the, the cold, cold winter evening. So but, I think that this is an entirely satisfactory solution. As co-hosts, we should... Uh, yeah, no, very, but, very good. Because all of the uh, excellent facial expressions uh, that you were making probably didn't translate uh, no. to the audio medium. So very good. Okay, um, I'm, I'm glad uh, that the absence of protest surely means that I'm on the right track. Uh, I hope you start. Started at A. No, of course not. Ah, but that was, that's the highest shelf. I'm, I went for eye level, which is what you're supposed to be. So we've got we've got J through K uh, are are, are done. Oh, oh well, okay. Well, I hadn't quite gotten that far with digitizing them yet, so. I might have to do a little bit of re-indexing of that particular section of the library. I'll help. Unless it's wandered off. Wait, does it does it do that? Does it yeah. do, is that the shuffling that I heard at night? <laughs> it might. Sometimes they re- the books rearrange themselves. Because I've, I've gotten used it, to the... Uh... Like, I, I, I tried introducing the Dewey, Dewey Decimal System a while ago, but some of the older books are resisting it, and they try to shuffle themselves back to their other pl- to their original places. That's those bones that I found. That was that was Mr. Dewey. He had the, uh, he had the pith helmet. Oh, you found him. Which yeah. album was he in? Well, I, I didn't dare to go there. Like, I, I, I saw it from a distance. I've got oh, these, right. these binoculars that have been very, very mm. helpful. Yeah, as long as you don't stray out of the main path, you should be okay. See, that was my... That, yeah, exactly. I've, Unless I've, you get to the bend of G. In that case, you have to be very careful. I need a little stepladder to reach that index, so I think we're, we're well, as okay as for now. As, as long as you stay to the index area, you should be fine. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's got yeah. a nice fireplace, and it's got the, uh, the, the, the lovely seats that I've been really enjoying. Remind me to see if I can bring you some firewood or something. Things, like you know, just oh, that's an idea. Random things. Well, oh. uh, not random things. Like I'm moving on to L and M. Like well, it is, yes, fire it is very fire, like, like, start oh. with A, please, because like I said, I've already digitized that. Once so. again, I will need a step ladder, and if I've got a step ladder, then I don't need to burn A because I've got the step ladder. To yes, burn. but then when the step ladder's gone, you're run, you have to go back. You're going to burn at L again. So like, get use the step ladder to get A, and then look. The step ladder is probably going to keep me warm for many more nights than A through. What did I say? I. Yeah, I got that right. So that gives you even more time to get your digitization done, which I will help with. So we'll get it done even faster. That's a good idea. If you just take, like, use your phone to take a picture of each card before you burn it. That sounds like a perfect plan. Sounds like a great idea. Okay, we'll go, we'll, we'll do that from now on. Excellent. Does the absence of these index cards affect the day's episode? No, it doesn't, does it? Because no, it's in the D section. The D section? Yes. Well, oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, books, are, b- books are organized by title, not by author. Well, uh, that's what the index cards are for. All right. So what do you have? 
for us this week. Today's book is The Drums of Tapajos. And as you can see... Tapajos. 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 For the readers at home, uh, if you look at your podcast listening device, you should, should be seeing the cover that I made, which shows you that this is the, the drums of Tapajos. Tapajos. Oh. Uh, there is the beautiful it's a gorgeous dagger, cover. Which yeah. starts off the whole story. And it's inlaid with, with various uh, jewels and gems. It's got, a, it's got a beautiful and very, very European design. Let's start the story with a dagger. It might, we might as well, since it's such a pivotal part of the uh, beginning of the book. So uh, the dagger makes, uh, gets taken from the locals. Let's call them the locals for the time being. And this is South America. This weapon is, 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 is taken back to Europe as a prize. Stolen by the Portuguese. Of then course. On the way over across the Atlantic, it gets stolen by the Spaniards from the Portuguese. And then by the French, and then by the Dutch, and back by the English. Well, and eventually ends up in the uh, English Crown Jewel collection. We start off with a little teaser scene that seems unrelated, but yeah, gets us like in the mood it's a, of it's the... the uh, it's the story of the knife. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the, the dagger, whatever you want to call it. And somehow becomes a vital part of the British monarchy. Like you've all heard about the Stone of Scorn. Uh, uh, yes, of course we have. Uh, uh, oh, oh, look at look at that bird of paradise over there. Okay, look at that, look at that, look at that. It's gorgeous, uh, guys, isn't it? Guys, guys, it's, I don't actually, I don't actually know what the Stone of Scorn is, but I'm going to pretend that I do. So just be cool. Okay, oh, he's coming back. He's, be cool. Uh, hey, Kay, wasn't that? Yeah, sorry, I thought it was Bird of Paradise, but oh, it must yeah, have yeah, been just, just something kind of, Yeah, the, the Stone of Scorn, obviously famous for the, the crown, the crown sitting, crown, underneath, sitting, the, sitting underneath, underneath the throne, underneath stolen the, by the Scottish, yeah. returned, but uh, by there are suspects, also the by the Scottish, oh. but there's suspicions that it might actually be a fake, but and that therefore any new coronations on it are not valid, it's actually, because, yeah. because it's not the original. I um, think it's going really well. He doesn't seem to suspect a thing. Okay. <laughs> At the end of this uh, thievery scene where no one is introduced like it's a it's a it's a good old-fashioned break-in and uh, cutting through the glass and team of thieves that we are perhaps led to believe are uh, uh, the four figures on the on the front of the cover uh, retrieving it and bringing it back to their patron who is introduced as Ivanova Grit uh, a wealthy socialite she's the uh, the heir to I suppose or something the, the, the great fortune a great fortune oh, the great fortune <laughs> oh the great fortune uh, the, the, the whole chapter the, the second chapter is a bit of a transition because the whole the first chapter is the story of the dagger and the yeah. second chapter starts off in the same way as oh this is the next time that the dagger is going to get stolen but then it, oh, then it kind of smoothly cuts it out comes out of the cutscene into the gameplay if you want to use a modern vernacular for uh, oh that's an excellent <laughs> description because yes suddenly people are getting names suddenly people's uh, 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 appearances being described are sort of very cunning writing the way that you can see how the author had a very clear idea of each character which uh, to me suggests that that he was basing them on on people that he that he knew because he writes with incredible fondness. They, they, they really work well together. They each have their quirks, they have their little... My favourite, and of course I'm a little bit biased, being an Ulster man myself, I liked Dickie Boyle, the rake from Belfast, cunning pickpocket and the drunkard, but the navigator of the of the crew who had, as, as he described himself, a touch of the old syphilis, which was just... Uh, I especially liked how he'd have different euphemisms for the, for the disease at, at every point and how he 
um, was obviously in the throes of neurosyphilitic dementia, but uh, managed to keep his paranoia Stage under control most of the time. And, you know, well. It's no laughing matter, but when Dickie Boyle tells it or calls someone the assassin of his hindbrain, so yeah. I won't hold it against him because I, I really liked Dickie Boyle. And of course, I'm biased because my family right. is from there. Ah, I grew I up with an Ulster you. accent like that there. Not um, with a touch of the old syphilis, I mean. Yet, <laughs> no, it's the, no, oh, that's a terrible thing. Don't you put that evil on me, Kay. You take that back. Who was your favorite character then? Oh, I think I like Barnsey best. Barnsey. He's just like the little cocky, little fast talker. He's like, very the, the, debonair not, when he wants to be. It's not a situation he can't talk his way in or out of. So, no, I, I, like, I like his ability to basically change guises. Like, he puts on a different hat and a different coat and changes his accent and suddenly... He's, he's like, like face in the A-team, isn't he? <clears throat> yeah, very much so. Except uh, shorter. The third member of the party is Dr. Kelly Kennedy. Okay, I don't know if you picked, it, picked up on this. I thought that he was maybe a reference to Dr. James Barry, a very important figure in, in Western medicine, who, long after his death, he served in the, uh, mm, in the military yeah, yeah. tradition, turns out that he was born a woman. And yeah. It was never clear whether he was a transgender person or cross-dressing or uh, a woman living as a man, as was necessary very often, to achieve a particular career goal that wasn't available to women. But turned out to be a very successful doctor. Uh, and and uh, in, in, surgeon, in, even, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. A pioneer in a, in, in a whole bunch of uh, uh, techniques and fields. Uh, and, like, hence we're continuing to... I, I think the convention is to continue to use male pronouns for uh, for Dr. Barry because yes, that's how he lived and uh, and died. <laughs> at, but least so, my, at least by modern standards. Uh, certainly. So, Dr. Kelly Kennedy is, I guess, less subtle about it. I mean, never described as... as, as, as uh, being feminine or having a, a, a female pronoun, like this is purely something that I'm reading into the into the material. As the as they travel, their banana supply continues to dwindle, and he like constantly gripping his supposedly massive, visibly curved genitals through his uh, through his trunks. Uh, described as having the trots pretty constantly, almost having as many different words for diarrhea as as Dicky Boyle has for his touch of the old syphilis as a, as an excuse for why he never takes a standing piss somewhere. No, it's always an, an emergency number two because he has the he has the giga shits I or something. I suppose that makes sense because like most books don't really spend a lot of time dwelling on matters of the bathroom unless there is a particularly good reason to it. So you actually might be onto something. There. Yeah, and and it's... the fact that Doctor Kennedy does the same, where they're they're talking about their honeys that they've left behind or the desires that they have for companionship, and he talks endlessly about his his obsession with vaginas and like describing his his delight in the clitoris and 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 how many particular lips a vulva might have and particularly which is how many of, the, the amount which of is, variations okay hey, uh, hey how, how many how many lips does a does a vulva have in your experience typically there's two sets two sets of two well this would have been a great opportunity to expand our our universe that we're creating by inventing new genitals for uh, for 50 percent of our planet but okay yeah. I guess let's not go there, shall we? I never have. Oh, well, hey, Heath, Heath Coburn, uh, the yeah. last, uh, the last one of our foursome. He's um, how generous of you to pronounce his surname. I mean, I, I, the, the other interpretation of the way that his surname could be pronounced is already covered by Mr. Boyle. <laughs> so I think we're good here. Yeah, like Barnsley's the only one that doesn't have any kind of genital fixation. But th this kind of this book does not seem particularly interesting 
rooted in uh, historical accuracy. The no, nor cultural accuracy. Nor cultural accuracy. In fact, like the whole journey from London where they meet up to, I mean, Rio, is it I presumably? They go via Rio and then up via the, Rio, up somewhere up the like, Amazon. Uh, make it to Rio, we have the scene in the bar. There's like procuring the boat, going up the Amazon, coming to. Yeah, by the, the, the ruffian Chafe, who uh, offers his services as a guide through the, the, the dark continent, but has uh, has an agenda of his own. We're led to believe that it's that it's nefarious. We're led to believe that there is a a, a, a greater uh, plot or malice at work working against them. But no, he's just a thief. No, he just wants he's, their. He uh, just figures that he's got a shot of a dagger, and uh, yeah, it's like it's like he's uh, it's like <laughs> he doesn't even know what it is. It's just like lots of jewels, silver, lots of jewels, like yes, shiny, worth stealing, whatever. If it was worth for them to come from London over here with that thing, then it's worth stealing. I mean, worth putting some work into getting his paws on that and uh, making off with it one way or the other. Because Ivanova sent them off with this with this dagger to find the source of the dagger. That that is at the foot of the Andes at the end of the Amazon, which like you know narrows it down to a first. Fi- didn't know geography. I mean, there's like none of his readers the, did, presumably. Well, I know, but you know, it's like there's a mountain range there, there's a big river there. So if you say at the foot of one, at the end, at the at the uh, yeah, beginning of the other, of it's going somewhere in that area on the. Map. Never mind that that's like the size of fucking Europe. Uh, and then this is where the where the plot starts to develop. Yeah, it's exotic locations. It's 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 some smaller sub uh, adventures, like them outwitting Chafe on the yeah. boat when he's got them. You know, he's got a captive audience sitting on a boat surrounded by by crocodiles in the uh, in the river. Essentially, it was only Barnsley's fast talking that got them got them out of that. Yeah. Do you do you do you remember how he how he tricked Chafe? Well, yes, of course. Um, the uh, yeah <laughs> thing where he did the uh, where he did the um, with the bottle of booze and the snake and ah uh, yeah yeah because uh, yes exactly and he pretended that it's just the worm at the bottom of a, a bottle of mezcal and he got him to actually drink an asp asp yes well a very small one I mean it was just like, asps. what asp a snake oh it is a snake, a snake. oh I'm Egypt. good I should probably edit this well, out then the the, the, the tor- horrible asp uh, the horrible is, asp isn't, it one, isn't asp one of the seven plagues cool isn't that one of his? no <laughs> I'm into it heading into the Amazon the part I really love with Heath and his horse where they have this like you know like the horse she's sort of the five the fifth member of the like his his little nag they're always like fighting and she's trying to bite him and he's like hitting her over the ears and so yes Heath and his constant battle with Jacqueline as they make their way through the Amazonian forest on the way to the tribes of Tawana no whatever Tahipa Tajula do you mean Tapajos Tapajos that was it Tapajos Tapa horse. Oh. Tapa horse. We're actually about halfway into the book when the main characters get back to the point where the whole book started, which the origin of the dagger. The tribe. Yes. Uh, in the in the deepest, darkest forest beneath the shadow of the volcano. It's always a fucking volcano. There's no there's no volcanoes in South America, but apparently the current does not matter. Yeah, exactly. It was it's the always a volcano. Yeah. And so the Tapa horse tribe and their. Uh, I mean, the, of course, this is the first time the title starts, at least starts making an appearance, is when our heroes are walking through the jungle and they hear the drums in the distance. The drums in the distance that starts to, like, at first they think they're imagining it, then it seeps into their dreams. Well, exactly. And They've been waking up to it at night and it's yeah. like they're feeling, it's like it's, it's doing things with their heartbeat and it's just like, it's just Yeah, like, it's, it's low and deep and, and Jacqueline the mare is uh, harder and harder to control until eventually uh, 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 Heath has to send, like, he has to say farewell to his mare. He, like, he can't very well tie her up. Like, there's nothing 
give her to Grace. Well, yes, he has to, he has to leave her. Like, they, they have to start hauling their stuff and uh, bringing it along and leave the animals to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's sort of like when uh, uh, Bill the Pony was sent back from uh, the Mines of Moria in oh. uh, Lord of the Rings. Well, they had a better fate than Athrax. Artax. Artax. Oh, my uh, God. Why would you say that in front of me? Like, right now, now I'm thinking about Artax in the Swamps of Sorrow. They had a better fate than Artax, but... Well, they could hardly do worse. It was so sad. <laughs> it's like, did you actually read that book? Or did you only see it? In the German, book? yes. Oh, you read it in German. The Unendliche Geschichte by Michael Ender. Ah, yes. Uh, I, I read it because I briefly got into, into, into Ender's work because mm. uh, the very first play I was ever in was Momo and the Time Savers. Oh, very good. What play, which, which part did you play? I was a little barber and I was precious. I was just adorable. I had a little moustache. Oh. It was a barber character. I, I honestly don't remember it the... It must be one of the, the people who get uh, talked oh, in by the yeah, time, yeah, by yeah. The time so I had to, to get there. And this was me, and I was like 11, and I had to pretend that I was very cold because when the time savers come in, you're very cold. Yes. But yeah, so after that, I uh, uh, our heroes hear the uh, the drums growing louder and louder, and they they show themselves actually be quite capable explorers, far more than they, they have been so far. Like, they show proper noise and light discipline. Yeah. They approach carefully. They're There's, aware they, that they're they, being they, watched. We suddenly see why they were hired. It's like, it's been this rack. Yeah. It's been this ragtag bunch. And suddenly, when the the dirty when the, doesn't when more the like going a gets queer quartet, when the ah very ah, good, yeah. So suddenly, when the going gets tough, they suddenly start coming together as a well-oiled machine, and it's like I, I really like that. That's like again part of the the group dynamic that the colonel manages to write into the characters. But that it's like he may be channeling from his own yeah exactly. Yeah. It's a ragtag bunch, but when the grindstone comes down, suddenly everybody falls into their slots and everybody yep. does their thing as they are as they've obviously been doing because like Ivanova wouldn't have handled and uh, hired an incompetent team for this Dr. Kennedy her investigative his investigative pardon me his investigative techniques uh, uh, help them to steer clear of the, the watchful eyes of okay the Indians as, oh, as Meek yes, describes well, them like, you know, yeah that's, that's like no effort to early science fiction it's like the, the they might have been Yanomame they might have been any one of a million tribes like it, it's a it's a vast country but no it was just Indians on the on the inside sure yeah. Whatever, uh, Dicky Boyle is a bit of a, 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 a liability. Like he does have the paranoid dementia going on from the neurosyphilis, but he manages to keep it largely under and control. Everybody, know, everybody kind of knows what to expect and knows when to step on his toes and when to. Which is a bit of a danger when he sees another boogeyman and everybody dismisses it. But yeah, no, those were actually the well, yes uh, uh, the tribesmen, the Indian, the cultists. Oh, do you think that's what it is? I thought that. Was was the first uh, hint of the, uh, the the horrors that lurk, you know? That's yes, possible. which I'm very excited to get to. Uh, and apparently so was Meek because, wow, the tempo sure does pick up at this point. Yeah, absolutely. It's like we're introduced to the local tribe. There's the whole bit of getting to talk to them, which is kind of glossed over. I guess they speak English. Uh, they, yeah, I think, like, are we supposed to believe that they ate a missionary or, or whatever? They speak, they speak the barest amount of English. Apparently Heath manages to speak Portuguese English. Portuguese, yeah, so Portuguese, Portuguese, Anglo-Portuguese, Anglais. Yeah, so he's so he, he managed to speak like Porto, Proto, uh, Porto Spanish, uh, <laughs> something which the locals apparently also managed to have picked up from eating a missionary. So. <laughs> No, come um, on. So, yeah, after eating the missionary. After eating the missionary. So I also, think we've just hit on the title of this particular podcast. I thought we weren't going to get there, but yeah, eating the missionary. 
So, Barnsey, being our cunning linguist here, yeah, manages to contact the, uh, <laughs> contact the locals and establish connection. It's like the rest of the book, it kind of glosses over the fact if they, everybody speaks this or if he just translates it. He presumably translates for them. I mean, that's, that, was the, the, the kind of, that was the way that these stories would, would progress. Last of the Mohicans, you had a translator standing off mm. to the side and just quietly... Kind of like glossing over the whole language barrier thing. They're, they're, they're obviously suspicious. They're, well, they're, they're, they're trying to be culturally sensitive because they're like obviously trying to rob place blind because that's what uh, they were yes, hired for. That's what they're that's what they're there for. Now I think at this point uh, 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 Dr. Kennedy is probably the well I was going to say that he was the the biggest liability for uh, the crew given that he's intensely curious about this about the civilization but no probably the biggest liability is still Dickie Boyle with his progressive paranoid dementia where he continues to see uh, white eyes gleaming from the from the jungle yeah. even after they've met this uh, this tribe of Indians uh, that is supposed to allay his suspicions and, mm. and still multiple multiple eyes and he's constantly right. I see where you're where Bar- you're coming from Barnsley yeah. tells Kelly to go off and investigate who takes Heath along and they go and go uh, exploring the area of the drums through and this is where the book turns into a bit of a well I, I wouldn't call it a jump scare movie but there's a I lot of it was so well done like the 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 supernatural element, despite mm. the fact that on the cover it says science fiction, but no, this supernatural element sort of comes out of nowhere. It's almost like um, The Devil's Advocate, which I once showed to my boyfriend without telling him what it was about. Oh, like because Al- the one with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. The one with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves, where for the like the first third or something, it's it's just a thriller. It's just a legal thriller, yeah. and then he's in the uh, oh, I think he's getting like a suit measured at a tailor's, and then the uh, the woman assistants around him and their faces just distort like demons and my boyfriend just jumped out of his skin fuck <laughs> very good I still I feel a little guilty I don't feel the slightest bit guilty I still feel he thinks I still <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that time we uh, had our Canadian friend and we showed him look around you we told him it was actual school TV. children television yes <laughs> yes oh it's we should... halfway into the first episode before he started going like hang on this is for real <laughs> we we should have done better. We really should have maintained it. We should have gaslit. <laughs> what an awful thing to say. It for a good long time, but it was fun. I regret not gaslighting our good friend better. What a terrible thing to say. But what an incredible gift to someone. Because nobody can read... I mean, we're kind of spoiling it now. Nobody can read uh, the drums of Trapajos uh, uh, this way for the first time and then be utterly surprised when, yeah, it's not just the paranoid dementia neurosyphilis suffering oh. Dickie Boyle that's seeing these things. Things yeah, because he's the, the, the book is called The Drums of Tapajos. It kind of suggests that yeah, okay. like, there's something is about. You know, the moment the drums start showing up, you go, like, okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> We're getting into the home stretch, which I thought was also daring writing. Like, mm. um, Speaking of, um, mm. this is where the whole the whole plot starts coming together. First, well, with the arrival of Chafe, the. Uh, uh, the reappearance yeah. of Chafe. The reappearance of Chafe, the, uh, uh, the scoundrel who, uh, who tried to rob them. On the uh, uh, on the river Amazon, mm. whom Barnsey uh, 
cleverly dispatched and who now therefore have a speech impediment because it was bitten in the face by an asp. Well, yes. No, no, well, again, asp. I mean, it must have been an anaconda or something like that because this is the Amazon. An anaconda in a bottle of mezcal. At this point, he goes like, the tables have turned. Like, he split up our party. He's got Kennedy and Coburn covered. Uh, uh, leaving Boyle and Barnsley at the uh, camp with, well, the camp, the village. Boyle and, and Barnsley. And Boyle and Barnsley, in turn, are confronted by Ivanova Grit, who's come. shows up. Yeah, yeah. who's followed in their footsteps the same way that uh, uh, the chafe has. How did you make it here before us? I don't know. By all means, it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> to quote a famous Disney movie. At this point, you know, you're starting to wonder, like, okay, something's fishy going on. Like, there's... Multiple fishy things are going on, and I think that, that, that Colonel Meek, uh, um, he had several ideas for how to finish his book, and he decided at the end, I'll just toss them all in. So it's a, it's a conspiracy by uh, Ivanova Grit, who didn't send them off on a mission to find and stop this... Uh, uh, no, so, uh, to, to, to gain more loot. She didn't send them on a looting mission. She, she sent them out on a mission to find the drummers and the thing that they are drumming for against. yeah how spoiler how, how spoilery are we going to get for the end of the book this is almost the end of the podcast like we're going to have to we're going to have to know, shut things how, down are, pretty are soon gonna, are, are we going to spoil the big reveal of the book or are we going to leave it to people to read of course we're going to spoil it of course we're going to like what is the point of a, a review book without we a spoiler warning here comes the end of this book that we have read okay so which is Ivanova Yes. Hire Chafe. Uh, Chafe. Ivanova, hire Chafe. Chafe. Hire Chafe. Yes, that's right. And uh, he's been working against with them all along, trying to steer them right, planting the right ideas in their head for when they get to the drummers. Turns out the whole temple thing and the drummers, which especially Kelly and Heath are moving in on, they're coming back, they're screaming, they're running, they're like, oh my God. They're terrified. God. It's like they're waking, they're, they're waking something here, which is like the horrible, evil, everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's they're... like, it's like a South American Lovecraftian thing. It's like Tezcatlipo, Copa, and I don't know which one of the other... What did you just say? I don't know this name. Tezcatlipopa. It's one of the Aztec gods. Oh, that's it's a awesome. Jag- it's a jaguar god from the uh, from the Aztecs. Is he related to Quetzalcoatl? It's in there. See, from... I know an Aztec thing as They're well. From the same... I hope that was the right way to say it. I apologize if it was. They're from the same pantheon. I'm sure they're related. I, I mean... think I got away with it. It's only when the, when the, when the local chief dis- uh, actually sees the dagger and for some reason recognized it, despite the fact that it was stolen 400 years ago from his tribe and it's been reworked and retooled all this time. The uh, pommel, not so much the blade. Right, even the blade. The shiny, no. shiny, mirror-smooth blade. Like, I think that no, that's the absolutely. key. Absolutely. Uh, well, it's like me. Like, it looks like a modern knife, despite the fact that it's 600 years old. But, you know, because he's a, the chief has only seen modern knives or shitty knives. How would he know that it, this is the the knife? You know, the, the knife of lore. The it knife doesn't... Of, okay, it doesn't matter because he does. He does recognize it. He like, does. he does Maybe it's immediately, mystical powers. And I don't it, know why I'm arguing about with you about a book that doesn't exist. I don't... This is the stupidest thing. Why am I digging my heels? in about a book that neither of us have read. <laughs> At the end of each episode, we review the book that we've uh, that we've been synopsizing. Let's see, how are we going to scale it this time? Because previously we've done it out of seven. Oh, 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 what's a good drumming number? How many eighths would you rate this book? I would give it five eighths. Can you drum a five eighths rhythm with your musical theory? Oh, God. Thump your chest so the audience can hear. Four, five, one, one. Oh, yeah. 
Nice, well done. Like how, do you, how can you tell that a drummer is knocking on your door? I don't know. How can knocking gets faster? <laughs> Sorry, why are all drummer jokes so simple? I don't know. Why are all drummer jokes so simple? So the rest of the band can understand them. Oh god. Oh, oh, that's actually a nice one. Yeah. Drummers are usually the butt of the joke. Very good. <laughs> At the risk that I might have made your job a little bit more difficult by uh, uh, by burning a section of your index cards to heat myself. Uh, what do we have take to? Photos of every one before you. I'll, I'll do that. From now Thank on, you. exactly after after the ones that hold on, it's getting a little cold. Let me just add a few more. Photo. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that after uh, the. No, no, I'm photo first. At, yeah, yeah, yeah. Afterwards. Taking a photo afterward. generates warmth. What do we have to look forward to next week? The next book that we're totally going to read. Okay, so next week we are going to be reviewing a book by Francesco Massiulano. Ooh, I'm excited. Massiulano, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I could pee on this and other poems by cats. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, uh, and that about covers it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed, but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay, and remember, we only judge a book by its cover. See, again, we have to say it together right, so we yeah. can hear it over the music. The music gets louder. Sorry, yes, I know, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but we're doing great. We're doing great. Good job, great.